and welcome to the Let's Not Panic podcast. We're two practical people chronicling a pretty impractical trip from San Francisco to Patagonia. We're trying not to panic. If you're just joining us, I'm Maggie. And I'm Adam. And we're a married couple who've quit our jobs, given up our lease, and hit the road in a Toyota 4Runner that's now our home. Although, this last week, the Toyota 4Runner has had a home in a parking garage for a very good reason. It's true. Uh, so my dad and his girlfriend, Console, came to visit us, which was super exciting. Dun, da, da. Da, 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 da. And um, we took them to Machu Picchu. Yeah. So we did a little detour. We figured if someone's going to come visit us, we want to make the best of that trip. You know, we yeah. want to do something special. We were here in Lima to start, mm-hmm. but we wanted to make one excursion to, you know, some of the prime stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean... You see a lot of tourist stuff for Peru, and it's like more than just Machu Picchu, but neither my dad or Consulai had ever been to Machu Picchu before. Uh, absolutely. And so we felt like they really needed to see it. Yeah, it w- it's the pick, I think, if yeah. you're going to be here for... They were here for nine days. And so really? Was it nine days? It was eight, less than Eight that. days, nine days, yeah. yeah. So that was enough time to do it, and yeah. it would have been way too much time to just stay in Lima. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other option may have been flying to Lake Titicaca, which is also pretty high altitude. And fun to say. Right, right. Um, Most importantly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, this worked out great, and it was um, a lot of fun. Unfortunately, logistics-wise, Shadow could not have been involved because it's an 18-hour drive from here yeah. to and Cusco. And we don't have room for passengers in our car to boot, so they would have had to drive themselves. right. Um, and that would have been bananas. Yeah. So we didn't do that. So we did some like crazy logistics, um, starting in Lima. We flew to Cusco. Yep. Spent a day in Cusco. Yeah. Well, first of all, we had quite the, the hard time here in Lima with holidays. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) So as Maggie and I have noticed in other countries, South Americans take holidays very seriously. Counting Sunday. Oh, yeah. Sunday is a holiday, yeah. first of all. Yeah. And they take that very seriously mm-hmm, mm-hmm. already. But, man, we haven't seen anything on this level ever. So Christmas Eve, first of all, I think is also the bigger deal of it the is. Christmas like, days. So actually, I talked to the lady who sold us our Galapagos tour about this while you were running around trying to gather all the cash for it. Uh-huh. Um, and we were just talking about different Christmas traditions. And she was like, well, you know, in Ecuador... Christmas Eve is the big day. Like you get together on Christmas Day to go to church, but Christmas Eve is when you have like the big family feast for dinner. She's like, and it's just so much food and it's great. The thing that she didn't mention on the other side of it, like it being a huge night for family feasts was that every business will be closed, which we should have figured. Yeah, except we made reservations <laughs> on that <laughs> night and confirmed the reservations. Well, the first thing is we made the reservations and they happened to be for the wrong night. That was just a logistical error. But then I called and changed them and they're like, well, you know, we don't have a free table for that night, but there's a bar and you'll probably be able to get in. So just we'll put you down. Let me get your name and your number. Now we're too full for you to have a table, but we can guarantee you a seat at the bar. And you can eat there. Yeah. So no problem. For four, I'll put you right in. Yeah. We show up that night, restaurant's completely closed. (laughs) And we're like, okay, well, no big deal. We're in Miraflores. It's a very fancy, posh, restaurant-rich neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, well, let's just walk around and find another place. We walked to like seven or eight places in short succession, much to Maggie's chagrin. 
mine and Consley's, both of us kept <laughs> looking at each other and being like, this is a fucking death march. <laughs> <laughs> it only we, took like no, five minutes. No, but we both knew everything was going to be closed. Like you were so insistent. And we, we both happened. kept like, you know that thing where you make eye contact with someone and you know they just, they get it. Mm. They get what's up. Um, but, you know, it, it was like five minutes. But still, yeah. we went to seven restaurants. They're all closed. One was like, oh, we're closing right now. I'm Are like, you going to oh. come sit down? And it was like fast food chicken. And we were like, and yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so that was quite a quite a thing. We did have a plan for the next day, though. We yeah. did a little feast. Right. Right. We had a feast. That was great. Back to the reservation thing, though. What I want to know is why they thought their floor was full on a night that yeah. they were closed. Right, right. Like, <laughs> I wonder what happened. I wonder if they just have a really dumb computer system. It's like seats available zero. It's like, well, we don't have any seats for that night. Oh, you know what? That's the smartest like well, option it could have been yeah. that we've come up with. Because we've come up with like a lot of different options. We're like, the hostess works from home. Well, <laughs> my, she doesn't know. Yeah, it's something <laughs> like that. And also, they probably just have a phone service that answers the phone for yeah, them, and yeah, they were just yeah. like disconnected from it. But that restaurant did seem to have a really big problem with losing reservations because yeah. while we were we ended up going there at the very end well, of the let's trip. Let's not get a- ahead of ourselves. Well, I already just did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we ended up going there at the end of the trip, and the people in line behind us found out that they didn't have their reservation either. It was which lost. their concierge had made for them that day, so yeah. they were kind of like confused. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, we were in Lima. We spent a little time. Mm-hmm. We had some good food, mm-hmm. and then we went to Cusco. Cusco is the main jumping off point for going to Machu Picchu. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's a, beautiful. Yeah, it's a beautiful city. It's it's got a lot of really old architecture. Well, it was the like the Incan capital yep. city. Um and it's a gorgeous, gorgeous city and it's at like eleven thousand feet. Well, is it eleven? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. it's like it's serious altitude. Yeah, especially c- flying from sea level. Mm-hmm. And then we dragged Dad and Console around Cusco for a day while they adjusted to altitude. Yeah. And we told them, don't drink anything. And then we proceeded to drink drink in front of them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The thing I was impressed with, uh, Console is from Rwanda. And she apparently, there was mandatory military service just for like a couple months when you're 18. Yeah. And so she had trained at like 15,000 feet. And so she adjusted really fast. Yeah. It's, I can't tell if that, it has, it has, to, be to, it has to play into factor. it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause she just, that or she's just way better at altitude than you or I. Some people are. Yeah. So that's the thing. Uh, yeah. It could be that, I guess. Um, also, but I thought it was interesting where she was like, yeah, it's not that bad. It's not too bad. And then we looked up where she was from and where she'd trained. Right. It's altitude. Cause she's like, I'm pretty sure I've been at high altitude before and we're like yep yeah that's real yeah i like that. how she's just like i'm pretty sure and then we check and then it's like yeah you spent it it was like fifteen thousand feet it's yeah like, oh wow <laughs> yeah you really have been at high altitude yeah <laughs> and like doing training <laughs> yeah too. yeah yeah um which she said she hated well that's Side understandable <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so then we took a train from cusco or well close to cusco from Jesus Christ, the logistics on this fucking thing. Yeah, that's so the you thing. Went, you, go, you take a cab from Cusco to Oyotintambo, where my sister lived briefly. Yeah. Um, and we visited her knitting shop where she worked. Yeah, where all the knitting comes from, right? This is where she... Uh, I don't know if that's where she, she got She started her knitting. knitting. No? I don't know. No? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, um, yeah, it's a cool city, and there's actually ruins there at mm-hmm. Oyotintambo. Mm-hmm. 
So um, we visited those ruins. It's a cool ruin site because we actually did a tour this time and it was mm-hmm. explained to me because I went before and just walked around like a fool and mm-hmm. didn't really get anything out of it. Mm-hmm. This time it was explained to me like this place is at the confluence of three valleys, see? And it's like a really important place to have like a fortress built. And so that's yeah. what it was. It was sort of like a waypoint fortress that also served as a guarding station, which I thought was pretty interesting for Machu Picchu. It's yeah. the only entrance into that valley to get into Machu Picchu. Yeah. So pretty cool. It was cool. Yeah. Um, it was also, I felt like, where we started to hear a lot of other Americans. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I when I say hear, that's because they were yelling. Yeah. We've already talked about how, like, we're a little i think it was in belize where we're like oh man belize was the worst i never realized how annoying we we are are. (laughs) (laughs) um we started getting a lot of that here and Mm -hmm. i think it was also a big adjustment for maggie and i because we've been spoiled like we're in the nitty-gritty everywhere parts of south america yeah like 99 percent of south america is the way that maggie and i are used to but there are these very select places that are just saturated with tourists and Mm -hmm. I think Machu Picchu especially saturated with American tourists um Mm -hmm. it's been a while actually even since we've met American tourists in like large groups like that right yeah it has been a while because even in the Galapagos we didn't meet any other Americans and like overlander wise I think we've met one American one half of a pair that was American that's true yeah you know like we haven't met other Americans yeah we're the rarity in terms of traveling through all the rest of South America. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, that was an adjustment. <laughs> um, We're not very nice to Americans right now, I think. They're so loud. There's, it's just, th- it's always that one person who just can't control the volume of their voice with really strong opinions about fucking everything. Sometimes it's multiple. Let's be fair. Yeah. Sometimes it's multiple persons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm thinking at Oye Tim Tombo, it was like that dad who just kept walking around and being like, no, stand over here for yeah. a picture. This looks like a good picture. And you're like, oh my God, please shut up. Like, yeah. There were three tour groups at the top of this one spot. And all three of us were like having discussions with our tour guides, like learning things. Yeah. And this guy comes in and managed to be louder than all three groups. Yeah. Like, calmly discussing the history of the place while he arranges his family and various photos that required the tour groups to move and it wasn't as if the kids were all crazy running around far away they were grown-up kids yeah they were, <laughs> they were adults like 15 16 year olds and I was like, come on dad what what's going on one uh, of them was like at least 25 yeah yeah like these were adult <laughs> children this was not like a situation where you needed to wrangle people it was a small right. family right. of adults Anyway. So, yeah, anyway, the logistics on getting to Machu Picchu. Um, are a pain in the ass. Huge pain in the call, ass. Call it what it it's is. It's a lot of hard stuff. Like, the, just even getting the tickets. Like, in the first place, oh, we, we went through this, all jumping through all these hoops. Your dad did on these tickets. To, mm-hmm. to, you know, navigated this pretty terrible website. Mm-hmm. Confusing. Bought the tickets. But that's not enough. You have to go to the office in person, take a number, wait probably 15, 20 minutes to be served, and then they need like the actual credit card that you used, and it was like this big like get my scary dad didn't game. Remember, yeah, like, he didn't. Why would you? Right, <laughs> it's like a big scary thing of like, oh geez, I I left one credit card at home. I have four <laughs> credit cards, <laughs> and he he gave two cards. Yeah, <laughs> we were down to the last one that it could possibly <laughs> be, and he was like, oh geez, I hope this one works. Yeah, and it did work, yeah. but still, it was like so stressful for like, can I just? 
print the tickets at home and bring them yeah, and be no. done? No. And so anyway, um, the it's easier. There are there is a train that goes all the way to Cusco, but when you go from Cusco to Oyente and Tambo by train, there's no like straight direct train that goes through. Anyway. You have to wait for the next train anyway. So it's easier just to take a cab to yeah. Oyente to Tambo and then take the train. And so that's what, what we, did. we did. So we took the train, and this is the train's super comfortable and beautiful. It's though. a beautiful train. Yeah, but it's very overpriced. First How of all, how much was it? Um, I think it was like 80 a person one way. It was on the okay. ticket. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's a train in South America. It's definitely a gouging price, you yeah. know? So there was that aspect of it. Put that aside. It's still just a huge pain in the ass. Like getting to the station, standing in a mob. Like, we oh <laughs> God, the boarding, uh, can you call it a system? Yeah. Uh, the the boarding system. method. Um, in both directions was bananas and definitely forces you to confront any kind of like claustrophobic feelings you have in your heart. And pointlessly too. It's another one of these situations where you get a mob of people and then just group mentality takes over. Everyone's trying to be out for themselves. Like one person takes a step forward in the crowd. Everyone else steps forward and like and crowds in there pointlessly. You're carrying your big backpacks and it's just so uncomfortable. Yeah. And then it's assigned seats. It doesn't matter. Just give me a little space. It's it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You know, people. People, huh? People. What's the deal with um, people? <laughs> yeah, I'm also, working on that routine. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. I'm That's off really to a good. promising start. I was gonna try to not make eye contact with that whole Seinfeld thing that was happening there. <laughs> you don't even like Seinfeld. I hate him. Ugh. Today in unpopular uh, opinions. You think he listens? I think he listens. Seinfeld's <laughs> just tuning in. I just he, lost a fan. We just lost a listener. <laughs> One listener. Jerry Seinfeld is no longer listening. <sighs> Maggie. Uh, just alienating dumb. people anyway, left and right. I know, right? You just alienated all the people that are Jerry Seinfeld from this <laughs> podcast. And that was like a key part of our demographic too. <laughs> that would know? be so amazing if we just get like a one-star review from Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> I was a huge fan of the show until Maggie they said she didn't like me. me. <laughs> <laughs> There's a place for that, but not on this podcast. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, um, so we took the train into Aguas Calientes. Which is a shithole. Yep. Fuck Aguas Calientes. This oh, is the only on. no, it's no. Not that bad. This is the only place. I think you're still bitter that it gave you food poisoning. Yeah. Not this time, but the last time you went there. I got the sickest of my life there. Last time I went there. So he still hates we, it. We, you know, it's not even fair. We found some okay food this time, right? Like we, the two restaurants we went to were like, oh, okay, you know, yeah. the pirate place and the the one before the night. I before. didn't like the one we went to the night before Machu Picchu. Yeah, it was gross. It, it but it's just a town built for. Th- meat bagging it's a meat bagging town the mm-hmm. whole place is structured around like tourism it's, and like how to get your hooks into people as much as possible and it's like where meat goes to be put in bags right yeah yeah exactly <laughs> you know you walk down the street and it's like you get three people that will cross the street to stand in front of your group awkwardly and block you and be like dinner dinner amigo drinks dinner? Drinks? Drinks? drinks it's drinks. like you, yeah you, you try to be nice at first you're like no no and then they keep going, and they're like, we already ate. And he's like, ah, drinks, drinks, drinks. It's like, oh, God. I love how personally offended you are by that. And it's just. You hate it so much. I, I Your re- eyes are on fire right now. <laughs> <laughs> I resent solicitation in all forms. 
Like mm-hmm. I don't like getting spam. I'm very protective of my email account. When all these places here are asking for emails, I'm always I always tell everyone in the group, all right, write your name in fake email. Because like don't write your email for these hotels. They're gonna just put you on the, the so hotel Aten mailing Adam list. Uses his uh, name Don't tell don't tell them. <laughs> he might be listening too. Yeah. <laughs> Adam I, puts down an email address that is not his email address, but is probably someone's email address. It's so somewhere there's an Adam Wolf <laughs> who's like, "What the fuck? I haven't been to fucking Machu Picchu. What is this?" It's not. It's because it's a plausible email address that I do that. Not not out of care. malicious. Anyway. Okay. Anyway. anyway. So Adam, like a goddamn superhero, uh, did some research and found that we had to be at the bus stop hella early oh yeah um in order to get in with the first group so the line or the buses leave at 5 30 in the morning first bus so if you want to be on the first bus that bus leaves at 5 30 yeah but people apparently and it wasn't the case when i went i think during high high during high season that line starts at 2 30 in the morning and it's like whoa so the other option is not taking the bus you can actually hike there but it's an hour and a half to two hour hike up a lot of steep switchbacks. Yeah. In which, a day where you're going to be walking a lot of steep switchbacks. Yeah. And you, so that means if you want to beat the bus, you got to get up at like 3.30. And which it was, is what you did anyway. You Right. But that was not that uncomfortable. There was, For you. It, if it, it was the rest of us had had to do it, we would have like imploded in a supernova of rage. I got up at 3.50. So hmm. I, I figured, and I figured correctly, and this is my trick th- from these things from now on, everyone always thinks, oh... I want to beat everyone. I'm going to get there an hour earlier. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? You get there an hour and 15 minutes earlier. Mm-hmm. So I did that, and there were three people in front of me. I'm like, oh, my God. I really overshot this. This was dumb. Yeah. Um, but then exactly an hour, 4.30, the line just appeared out of nowhere. Like and everyone on arrived. on and on. Yeah, I didn't have any idea. So uh, I was like, so nice. So Adam held our place. I was like, So yeah. Dad, Consley, and I could show up at like... 515 that was the plan and it was a poorly conceived plan because uh it turned out the lady came through the line around 505 and checked my passport and my ticket and stamped my ticket mm-hmm. and and, didn't and, stamp I, and I was holding first. three other tickets and she's like well, there's three other people no, no no they gotta be here and then just kept walking and i tried to ask her more questions like oh can they'll be here in a little bit blah, blah, blah. she just like completely ignored me it's like oh geez and so i started frantically texting maggie to no avail because like, they had already they you know all the cards were already dealt like she was already like everything was going to line up so that she got there at five fifteen, um yeah so so i show up there's no problem but then when dad and consulate show up uh one of the guys watching the line saw him and he's like nope you guys get to the back of the line right now nope 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 yeah just like super aggressively really angrily he like, like oh my god yeah. Um, he wouldn't hear any anything about it at first, and it just and I, you know, I was like, no, no, no. I, I mean, I've been here, been You'd here been since there like three fifty. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I was here when there were three people here. Come on, like, come on. Yeah. Like, tried to reason with him at first, like, no, 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 no. And then I like you p- tried to use like just position to like, you know, I, like guided your dad and consulate under the ropes to like stand next to me, and he was like, nope, nope, and he like just like waved his finger at us and walked away. I went up to him. I was like, you know, tried to do the, uh, hey, can we can we work this out? Talk like, you know, yeah. and I'm fumbling in my pocket. And I think it would have worked to like bribe him. That's kind of what I was trying to imply. Like, guys, 
and I did like the the listen. Bring it in. Bring, bring it, it in. bring it in, guys. Listen. And they did, and they all like kind of leaned in. But then I like fumbled and spilled the money out of my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> and this is in front of the line, and like we like people behind me. I tried to recruit support for people that had been there with me in the morning. They like, just did not help the, you fucking at all. The guy behind me made me so mad. He was a tour guide and, and he was he holding hold it for seven people. Yeah, he was holding position for seven people and then I pointed that out. At first I was like, come on. And I like turned to him because I had talked to him and like we had been chummy a little bit. Yeah. And he was just like, nope. You know, like shook his head at me. And I was like, really? Bad karma yeah. for those people. Anyway. Uh, and th- so I, was, I pointed that out. I was like, this guy has hold- was holding the line for seven people. Yeah. And he's like, well, he's a guide. <laughs> I'm like, come on. Anyway, that whole thing, like the line had witnessed that whole interaction. Mm-hmm. And so me spilling money on the ground. Didn't cut it. Didn't, I don't <laughs> think they could really accept that bribe. So they were just like, nope, end of the line. And, and so we send your dad and console back there. And I'm like, okay, well, Maggie, what do we do? I guess let's go back to the end of the line. And so before I go to the end of the line, I, I have one last play to think about and i so i i'm like okay let me go try this so i go to the guy and actually it's still the same group of like three guys that had witnessed that whole thing the line Mm -hmm. the line guards and i was like look my wife and i are going to get out of line we're like fourth in line out of a thousand people right now we're going to get out of line and go to all the way to the end of the line two people from the front two people at the back can we find some place in the middle yeah and they all like conferred and i was like you know while they're confirming like that would be fair. And I'm like using all my Spanish that I have. Like, you know, I know who's those like just, <laughs> and like, and then they all like, they confer and then they throw back to me. Like, they're like, okay, first bus. No. Second bus. No. Third bus. Okay. You guys are on the third bus, which was great. Cause they all left at the same time. Yeah. I mean, it was like five or 10 minutes after the first bus. So it basically worked out, but it was super stressful and dramatic and dramatic and rainy and like, they're like, okay, yeah, go go ahead and get your dad and console. They can come up to the front, and you just get on the third bus, not the first. Mm-hmm. Um, and I start walking back to get them, and I had no idea that the line went back that far. So I was I was really relieved once I said once I saw that. I thought yeah. we, like they were going to be on the fifth bus. No, they were going to be on like the thirtieth bus. <laughs> so <laughs> um, it was it was a good save. And that was the beginning of meatbagging. Yeah. So you you that, take a bus. That whole thing gives you an idea of like how much a pain in the ass this yeah. is. Oh, sorry. You take two buses. So that was we were <laughs> third, Yeah. We were on the third bus to the first stop. The bridge is out. Yeah. So you have so to walk across and let You uh, get off the bus. Bridge. You stay stand under a tent and then they call you and you walk across this bridge. You stand underneath another tent and then you get onto another bus and then the other bus takes you all the way the rest up to Machu Picchu. Then you stand in line to get in while guides uh, heckle you. But we found a good guide. Oh, God. Our guide was the Mona Lisa of Machu Picchu guides. I'm a big fan of not taking the first offer, whatever it is. Like, you're walking out of an airport, and a guy's yelling, taxi, taxi, amigo, and he's dressed in a nice suit. No, don't don't say yes to that guy. Mm-hmm. Keep walking. The second guy that's got, like, a nice polo shirt, taxi, taxi, amigo, uh, think about it. But then keep walking further out of the airport that third guy is who you want yeah same thing here like we had a guide come up and he's like you know very broken pushy. english pushy 60 60 dollars for the tour for the four of us and we're like hmm i don't know and so my test your dad and i were doing this we we're like talking to him and we we're just like asking questions that aren't 
quite along the lines of conversation that you, he would expect to yeah. see if he understands English and is going to do a good job of like answering questions. Yeah. We're like, did you grow up here? And he's like, oh, two hours, two hours. Like, <laughs> uh, okay. Like, That's how old you are. And then i like, how long have you lived here? And he's just like, oh, it'll only take five minutes. It's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so we, we kind of put him on ice. I was like, Maggie, can you talk to this guy? And we're, you know, Which was a mean tactic, by the way. <laughs> well, because he's, uh, you know. We should have just said no, because then he was trying to pitch to me. And then Adam super audibly goes, oh, no, this guy's way better. <laughs> Come over here. We no, don't talk to that guy. This guy's better. It, we found a much <laughs> better guide, and he was like $10 a person. I have three people already, which is another good Console sign. Consolé and I died of shame in that moment by the way just <laughs> mortification yeah uh, well he was he was pushy and i think he knew he wanted to get you before get us before someone we else found did. out how much better options there were and yeah. we totally did find a better option yeah carlos was the best guy yeah carlos we should have asked him for a card or something so we could recommend people to him just look for carlos yeah you know if you're going to machu picchu so good yeah get there at right at 5 30 and then look for Carlos. Yeah, he was like or a really six. good speaker. He was really funny. Yeah, and he, uh, he just liked it. You know, he yeah. liked his job. He yeah, cared about he it. wanted to know where people were from. Like, he seemed to like chatting. He loved the place. So. so, and he was very, like, personally invested that everyone have a good time even after we were done with our tour with him. He's yeah. Like, you go this way, He's you like, do this. You really need to do at least one of these hikes, probably do both of them if you're yeah. up to it, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Like, he gave yeah. really good advice. Yeah. Um, so, here we are, finally. All the line, all of the stuff. And I'm, I know Maggie and I sound like the biggest assholes right now because it's like, oh, we all just complaints. Complaints is all we've said the whole time. It is really that brutal, but it's all worth it because Machu Picchu is amazing. Yes. And this especially was an amazing experience because it was raining in the morning, raining pretty hard. Mm -hmm. um, and this is very common this time of year. Mm -hmm. It was cloudy and like it was like, oh man, is this going to be a miserable day? But it was really, really beautiful because we got to go on this tour. There were very, very few people out. Mm -hmm. We start just on the side of the ruins where, yeah. like, the, you know, we can't really see very much while we're talking. But then it just clears up and gets patchy and clears out. And it's, it's it was extremely beautiful. Yeah, it was really cool because right at our first stop with the tour, um, Carlos is telling us a little bit about the history of it. And... It's just all fog when he started talking. And then it seemed like it was all of a sudden, like right toward the end of what he was telling us when he was like, okay, you guys take pictures now. And we like turn and the like full mountains were visible all of a sudden. Yeah. Like it was so insane. And that's kind of how it was for the whole day. Like fog would come in and then it would roll out. And yeah. it lent it this really beautiful kind of look to it. Right, right. So we did the tour, mm -hmm. um, and it was about an hour and a half of walking and seeing the main, most important sites and understanding what the city was all about and mm -hmm. how the uh, child sacrifices went down. How much they drank. Yeah. A lot. Uh, yeah, the, the interesting facts were uh, they gave booze made out of corn called chica, chica. or chicha. Chicha. Yeah. Right. It's, made, it's a fermented corn drink, sort of like a cider or beer. But made uh, with spit. Right, which makes sense. It's just the, the you introduce a lot of wild bacteria into it as the 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 starter culture. That's all it's all gross. the deals. It's not that gross. It's gross. It's, you ferment it though, so fermentation is its own like cooking in a way. I'm gonna start spitting in all your food as long as you ferment for it. wild bacteria. <laughs> yeah, ferment it and I'll, I'll drink it. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, we so they would feed this chicha to the workers at like every break and lunch 
all day through working. Yeah. And then by the end of the day, like at five five p.m., you know, clock out time, they were already wasted. And then, and then they they'd would have just a big party. Have a big party. <laughs> um, so that was cool. And then the other one was they did child sacrifice to the mountains. They would. Mm-hmm. It was pretty pretty mean sounding. They would go on like three month expeditions to climb these mountains that were really far away to take the child there and then they would leave them to die of uh, hypothermia they would get them drunk actually also so that they would fall asleep and freeze in the mountains and freeze to death my favorite was i asked carlos i was like how did they choose the kids who were going to be sacrificed he's like i don't know whoever was acting up the most He was joking. <laughs> I know. That was a good answer. <laughs> no, he said like the most beautiful kids. Yeah. Like yeah. It was like a huge promising. honor. That was the serious answer. But yeah, he had a lot of, he got jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> jokes and jokes and jokes. Um, so we did the tour mm-hmm. and then uh, they have a weird system where you do like little circuits in Machu Picchu. You have to exit the park and then go back in. Yeah. It's like a one way thing. And it's I think like Disneyland. I think part of it is they don't, I mean, understandably, it's like Disneyland, except there are no bathrooms. They don't want to build <laughs> bathrooms, especially since the Incans themselves did not build bathrooms in Machu Picchu. They would like run into the hills away from the city. So they say. Yeah. You know, dudes were peeing in those. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe in those terraces, they're, yeah. they're drinking all day. You want to tell me by four thirty they weren't just taking a discreet leak in those terraces yeah i don't know a leak isn't a big deal but they probably don't want tourists peeing in it now so (laughs) they make you do these little circuits and you don't have the option of like doubling back so you have to exit the park and then we're back in meat bag Mm -hmm. land miserable meat bag land in this case because the bathrooms are they had no bathrooms that's not true they had a single bathroom single bathroom for all 2500 people who are allowed into the park every day and everybody who's finishing the inca trail hike that day of which there were many one uh, of i got to know online it was the men's room the women's room was like completely out of service Mm -hmm. and so what they did was they divided the men's room in half Mm -hmm. the urinals Mm -hmm. and one stall for the men which Mm -hmm. i think was the handicap stall also so you know, mm-hmm. get excited if you're the one handicapped person that needed to use that. Um, Hope you're not a woman. Right. Because <laughs> uh, otherwise you're going to have to just walk past a wall of dudes with their dongs out. Yeah. And then the other side was like, what, three stalls at first and then down to two by the it end of the day? It was four maybe? stalls and then one clogged right as Consolet got to the front of the line. Yeah. It was a disaster. So the, okay. So the women's room line is like 45 minutes long. The men's room, dudes just walk up, go use the urinal, and then had the gall to act impatient to get toward the sink past the women repeatedly. Just don't wash your hands. Uh, Obviously. Adam. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And they charge you for it. Yeah, that's the thing. So the most most hilarious part about all of this is right when we first got there, there's no line for the bathroom. Constantly are like, all right, we're going to use the bathroom before we go in. But neither of us had any money on us. We're like, whatever, we'll just use it when we get back out. Oops. Yeah. And then we waited 45 minutes. Yeah. So this (laughs) line is insane for women. And there's a lot of... And the bathrooms are disgusting. There's a lot of anger. angry. And there's a lot of angry American women yelling about it while they're in line. Yeah. And there's also like a lot of male female hostility because really the you know you know how it is 
when there's lines for the bathroom. There's unjust. not really. It's not unjust. They're just separate <laughs> things. It just doesn't help that it was all into one bathroom. So the women were constantly like, "Are the men cutting?" And then once the men my got in there, it's like, "Oh no, there's the, there's urinals open. It's just the women's that are." In my line. resentment along gender lines in those forty five minutes was fiery red hot. It's, it's <laughs> so irrational. They're it's separate not. processes. If I needed to take off my pants and poop in a stall, then I would be in that women's line. They're, it's just... I pee really fast. You still have to take off your pants. You don't have a shoe. Do you think that I'm like pulling them past my ankles? Like <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, whenever I'm in a public restroom and it's like even most men's public restrooms are pretty gross on the floor. Yeah. I don't want my jeans like dragging on the piss. So I, I like... I take my pants off completely. Are you kidding? Yeah. But this is rare. This is What rare. are you talking about? I take off my boots, take off my pants, <laughs> okay, take off my underwear, hang it up. It took me no. like a really long time. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> I'm serious. I don't, I mean, I'll wear my shoes. I won't, I'll take, when I say I take off my boots, I take them off and do that like hopping around on one foot to take my pants off. What? And then I put the boots back on. And then I... Uh, Who are you? And get down to business. Oh, God, you're so weird. It's it's, it's pretty good. It's oh freeing. Oh, my God. Breaking. I think we're divorced now. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way. You're... Okay. All right. Anyway, Machu Picchu was beautiful. It was. So the, and there was we met a lot, some llamas. A lot of hassle, but... Oh, yeah, the llamas were really cool. They were just walking through, and they weren't... I've met a llama in a touristy place that was a huge asshole, yeah, and I think Mika warned us too. Like, yeah, she's like llamas like are jerks. Yeah, the these llamas were awesome. so cool. They were like kind of giving us dubious looks that mm-hmm. Maggie just loved. They oh loved. my god, there's no impatient face like a llama's impatient face. Like we were in their way. Like they wanted to come to the terraces we were standing on, and they weren't mean about it, but they were giving the same look that you give people like if you live in san francisco and someone's walking down hate street hella slow like a dumb tourist Mm -hmm. and you just need to go to the grocery store that look that the llama gives is the look that is your soul in that moment (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, i love those llamas llama was cool and then we hiked to the inca bridge Mm -hmm. for our second pass this is after Mm -hmm. using the restroom Mm -hmm. and recharging on coffee Mm mm-hmm um, and by this time, it's just swamped. Oh, Everything. So many people. There are people everywhere. Yeah. Um, so that's why I think it's worth, and I highly recommend totally. getting up early and getting there first to just have that magical moment where yeah. there's like maybe two or three people in your pictures versus 200. Yeah. Um, and everyone doing that same pose with their arms out. Yeah. Except for that one lady who dropped into the splits like it was fucking nothing. I think she had been training for that moment. Oh, my God. Yeah. I was so impressed. Oh, you were impressed? Yes. I was. This middle-aged lady was like, here, take a picture of me. Hands her camera to someone and then just, boom, drops into the splits. And I was like, your pose game, much <laughs> stronger than mine. Yeah. So that was exciting. Um, yeah. And so that whole thing was just about four, three, four hours that we spent. Longer. No. we were there from like five or six in the morning till like 11. Okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so we've spent about five hours. Mm -hmm. They have special tickets to get up to Wainapichu, which is another ruined site that's on this really, really steep mountain, like impossibly steep. But they were sold out, like, way long before we They were sold out months in advance, um, so we weren't able to get those. And also, I don't think I would have been up to making that hike or, you know, the group together, it would have been a hard (laughs) hike. Definitely not. You know, like, the altitude, 
was still kind of giving us problems. That's um, like a straight up, just uphill, yeah. up switchbacks hike. You need to have been a little bit more acclimated before trying to take that on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we did that. We then headed back on the bus. Was pretty uneventful. Like not yeah. too long of a, a and line. Then the train back from there back yeah. into Cusco. Train and our train didn't leave till four. Big yeah. mob at the train again. Oh God. The train ride was comfortable. Yep. Then we're back into Ollantaytambo, right. and then we take a taxi back to Ollantaytambo all the way to Cusco. We arrived around 9 p.m. Yeah. So it was a big day. Dead to the world. Yeah. I was impressed with your dad and Consolé, though. They were, like, we have been traveling a lot lately, yeah. and so we're, we've got our endurance up, I think, but they were troopers. This is a different kind of travel, because it's just, like, a lot of hassle. Our travel's... I think actually remarkably hassle-free because we're in our own car. We're mostly just kind of doing our own thing. That's true. Our long days are like, okay, it's a lot of driving. Mm-hmm. But we got to set up camp or something. But it's very much like by our volition. And I think we've learned shortcuts that we can take to make tough days more manageable. Yeah. Whereas like there was no shortcut. You're just, you're in these lines. You're just crowded in by all these people. There are just these logistics you've got to go through. Mm-hmm. By the end of that day... He was pretty dead inside. You were Me. pretty dead, yeah. Me. You were I the, was pretty dead the strugglingest. Yeah. I was struggling too. I think your dad and Consolé are both kind of like, oh, you know. Oh, your dad God. was like, I'm going to go get a wine after. God, the dread I felt <laughs> when we were like, should we get should we get dinner when yeah. we get back into Cusco? And like, I have never prayed so hard because like, you know, we're showing dad and Consolé around. And so I didn't want to be like no, I don't want to do this thing in this limited period of time that you're in Peru visiting us. So I was like, whatever they want is what we're going to do. But we were like, do you guys uh, want dinner when we get back? And I was like, oh my God, please say no. (laughs) (laughs) Which they did. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. So then then we had a night in Cusco mm -hmm. and then we flew back to Lima Mm -hmm. and we had one more full day in Lima. Mm -hmm. And we went back to that restaurant. The one that we had our reservation at on a day it was closed. Yep. And then we showed up for our reservation on a night that it was open. We were so skeptical, though. <laughs> yeah, that it was going like, to be there. <laughs> was this even, yeah, if the restaurant was even going to be there when we went back. Yeah. Like, like the whole <laughs> building is gone. <laughs> just time. like stood up and walked away. Yeah. We were like, you know what? That figures. Um, but they were there and we got in and it was delicious. It was so good. Yeah. I would so. say second best meal in Lima second best well, that dinner we had last night was the best meal uh, yeah that was pretty cool that was a hella good yeah they're uh, they're but pretty similar one major two major things that made our dinner at Raphael's better oh yeah one the company because we were there with dad and consulate which was great but of course so that was like you know it's always more fun to do a fancy dinner with more people so that was awesome yep um and secondly, we got the news that my sister got engaged. Yeah, during dinner. During like, dinner. Right at towards the end of dinner. Right like, oh, during dessert. Delicious. So ah. it was like perfect. And then yeah, we get that news. Um and so we ordered another bottle of wine. I got wasted and celebrated. it was great. And then I sent her a lot of all caps text messages. Yeah. I thought you <laughs> broke your phone or something. I didn't know if <laughs> you noticed. The, here's what I love about all of that is like by the end of the night. I was so drunk because we'd already had a cocktail and a whole bottle of wine between the four of us. And Consley like doesn't drink hardly at all. So it was really between me, dad and Adam. Mm-hmm. And then um, we get the news that my sister's engaged. We all like lose our minds because it's super exciting. Her fiance, Mark, is awesome. So we're super excited to have him in our family. Um, 
And we're like, oh, we got to order another bottle of wine. So we like <laughs> pound down a second bottle of wine. And I have the wherewithal to make sure that every text that I sent my sister is in all caps. Uh-huh. Um, but not the wherewithal to check my spelling on anything. So the next morning, I looked at these texts, and some of them are fucking crazy. <laughs> and yeah. actually, the last episode that we recorded... Um, we recorded the morning after. So if my voice sounded a little scratchy and unpleasant in that podcast, it's because I was deeply hungover. Now you have the full story. Yeah. yeah. I was, uh, but for such a good reason. Yeah. Anyway. Well, congratulations. Tamika and Mark. Mark. Do-do. Shall we do my technical corner? <clears throat> yep. Well, Maggie, <laughs> I know you've been waiting in suspense. You, you already told me your technical corner last night. I so. know. I, I wanted to just... Because once just wasn't enough. <laughs> you know, I was just so excited about it. We're getting a lot of work done on Shadow. And I think just in general, the technical corner for this week is a follow-up for last week. And just about how repairs go down here in South America. Um, labor is so cheap. And I, I kind of touched on this last week. How I was glad that this happened here and not in the U.S., our axle seal failed. The axle seal is the thing that holds the oil inside of the rear differential, the main part that of the wheel. Like the, the main axle of the back of the car runs through this thing called the differential, which is just a, a whole bunch of gears that transfer power to the back wheels. Um, there's oil inside those gears so that they keep running smoothly for hundreds of thousands of miles. And that oil leaked out. What does that mean? Most likely means that our wheel bearings. What are you laughing when about? When you ask yourself questions. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, please continue. You're supposed to ask those questions, Maggie. Uh, it's so weird how I didn't, I wasn't ready for that. What's that? You said, Maggie, what does it mean that the oil <laughs> was leaking out of the rear differential? Uh-huh. It probably means that our wheel bearings are failing. And the wheel bearings just like a, a bearing. It's like a little steel ball inside of a, a socket that spins very, very freely. Um, if it's loose, that means that the wheel can like, it has a little bit of play, it can move up and down. And that motion over like, you know, hundreds, uh, or not hundreds of thousand miles, but like over 10,000 miles, that kind of motion will eventually cause a leak. That's a huge problem though. The wheel bearings, a major part, you can't have that be, uh, loose. And I think that's what caused our problem. So in all this work that's actually still going on, we're going to get shadow back today. Um, they're going to replace the wheel bearings, the axle seals, and a lot of the brake components on the rear to make our brakes nice and strong because now we have like almost 100% brand new brakes all across the board. Um, but all of that work is going to be like $200 of labor, whereas in the United States, that could easily be like 1200 to $1,500 of labor, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty amazing that we're here and we can get that cheap work done. The only downside is that we've been in Lima for a few more days than we planned. Yeah. And I got to say, getting pretty soft again. Yeah. Um, we're, yeah, it's, we're getting sucked into this place. We might just live here now. I know. It's if so we don't, nice. If we don't leave tomorrow. So if we don't get Shadow back today, I think we're doomed. <laughs> this is the last podcast. Um, <laughs> so. Especially because the food around here is real good yeah we just found a really good restaurant oh, right pretty night. close to where we are that was so delicious and they had um knob creek bourbon which is one of my go-to's at home 
So we had Knob Creek Manhattans last night. Yeah. Good Manhattan. Delicious. It's like the first good Manhattan I've had since, since we left the home. U.S. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, um, Maggie, mm-hmm. self-care pillow fort. I mean, having my dad and Consley here for Christmas. Yeah. So this was my first holiday away from home. Yeah. So Ever. It, yeah. Yeah. I've always been with my, my mom especially, so... Um, so that was my self care pillow fort. Yeah, that was it. Was great. Mm-hmm. Great to have family around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so for the three bees, we're going to do something a little bit differently this week. Special bees. Special bees. Um, brought to you by Richard Hall, my dad, who I will be, and Console, who I will be. Yeah. And we might throw in a few bonus bees here and there of our own, mm-hmm. but we figured Maggie and I won't just put in. Uh, extra bees for every single one of these because that's a lot of bees. It's yeah. a lot of bees to keep track of. Yeah, so, so. we're just we're going to focus on Dad and Consley's. We had hoped we could record it while they were here, but the logistics were so brutal that that did not happen. Yeah, yeah. So. It was it was hard. So I'll lead us off with Consley's pick for beautiful. Mm-hmm. Her beautiful pick is just Machu Picchu in general, mm-hmm. but a specific aspect was the fog that I mentioned actually mm-hmm. uh, coming in and out as we are just sitting there, like talking, and it's just exposing these majestic mountains and hiding parts of them and showing parts of the ruins. She said it was the most breathtaking view she has ever seen, and she would come back in a heartbeat, which says a lot because of all the logistical challenges yeah. that we mentioned. Yeah. So I agree. That was probably going to be my pick, too, just the changing nature of those clouds. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Richard? My, my dad's beautiful is... Um, Seeing Console does love Machu Picchu through extreme sleep deprivation. Right. <laughs> and he added, um, she even broke into her old Rwandan military marching song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I didn't hear. Did you hear that? No, I think I would have been so curious to hear what a Rwandan military marching song sounds like. <laughs> so, Console, next time we see you, uh, we would like to hear that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, brutal. Console says... That she doesn't think being sleep deprived for four days qualifies, but it was brutal. And I want to tell her that absolutely that qualifies. that qualifies. Travel is already really, really tiring. Yeah. And then Console is sort of like me. I think she's got it a lot worse, but it's I'm, I have a hard time sleeping in a lot of situations. Um, but she was getting like at sometimes three hours of sleep and then taking a nap in the afternoon when possible. So, yeah, running on that amount of energy and doing all of those logistics, yeah, like I can understand being pretty brutal. That's a pretty brutal experience. So, and yeah, I would like to point out that we have listed things like I had to wait in a super long line as yeah. our brutal choice. So, not sleeping for more than two hours at a time for four days in a row definitely qualifies as brutal. Absolutely. <laughs> um, my dad's brutal is really long. So my dad did a huge amount of research about how to cope with altitude sickness, how to identify it, et cetera. So he bought um, an oxygen canister that you could just like huff off of. Yeah. He bought a blood oxygen monitor, which he tried to leave with us. And we were like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And altitude sickness pills. Yeah. And it sounds like the pills only gave him and Consoli the side effects. And the side effects are the same as altitude sickness, sickness. (laughs) which is Uh, a pretty interesting list of side effects. Yeah. The side effects are the pill doesn't work at all. Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, let's see. So he says, uh, so much for all the internet advice. I guess take it the bleep easy the first day is the best advice. But what I think he meant to said, say was take it the fuck easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I read that, too. Um, he said, heart flutters and shortness of breath continued the entire time we were above 8,000 feet in Oye Tetambo and Machu Picchu. It just makes you feel like you're in lousy cardio shape, which um, I know he's they not. He's like yeah. a huge runner. Yeah. Uh, I tried to shadow box this, but get kept getting punched in the nose. It's <laughs> 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 a nice way to cap it off. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, it, on the one hand... I felt bad that my dad was suffering so much with the altitude sickness. On the other hand, he is a better traveler and a tougher person than I am. And it made me feel better about all the times I've been like, wow, altitude sickness is real. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's weird, too, because we only feel altitude sickness in the context of sitting in a car and then getting up to the altitude and being like, oh, I have a headache. This time it was mostly just carrying heavy backpacks and walking around. Mm -hmm. Um where you'd get out of breath in a weird way and notice it a little bit different. I think I think we notice it in a little different manner when we're doing the driving and then camping yeah, versus yeah. like having to carry yourself. Yeah. But yeah, it was brutal. Yeah. And bizarre. I like Consolé's pick for this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I totally know where she's coming from. It's So her pick is all the signs... And warnings to not flush toilet paper into the toilet. Mm-hmm. 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 Everywhere. Mm-hmm. And this is because I think they don't have a septic system. They have a different system and paper really wreaks havoc on whatever system they have. Yeah. Um, so she's she said that she she's really weirded out by it and that poop is gross in a trash can. She is right. She is totally right. She's 100% right. And that is one of the things that I have struggled with since we got to Cuba. So... I have gross. Yeah. I have kind of gotten used to it now. Yeah. No, I do it as a matter of course now. Yeah. But but even here, like in this nice fancy hotel, they don't have those signs. And so I assume it's, it's free game. Free. I've still been throwing flushing. Yeah. It's just, I think I just have to do it always. It's bizarre though. It is. It's weird. It's, it's counterintuitive to put, leave poop in the room. And she's right. It's gross. Yeah. Poop. Um, and then she also <laughs> notes wants to see it. She notes somehow that she got yelled at multiple times for not putting the poop in the trash can. Which, how did they know? I don't know. I think they were watching her, which is also bizarre. Yeah, gross. Yeah. <laughs> um what did your dad have for bizarre? I like my dad's bizarre a lot too. So, um there to the Inca Bridge, we walked along a trail that had uh just no guard on the cliffside. And it wasn't even like a pile of rocks or anything to keep you, you know, honest on the trail. It was just like trail and then you could fall to your death. Uh, and his bizarre pick was that um, there were so many people on that narrow little trail that more people don't die every year, including Adam, exclamation point, leaning <laughs> over, looking straight down to get that amazing shot. Adam, please post that photo slash never do that again. <laughs> Actually, I just added the last part. But. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, our guide Carlos had told us that one hiker a year about dies, and mm-hmm. this year there had already been two. Mm-hmm. Um, one person taking a selfie, of course. So Richard's commenting on the fact that not more people. Yeah, uh, it's like more people should should, should be dead. Should here. die. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I'd say, th- I'd add a bonus. My bonus is um, 
that just that's true everywhere in South America. <laughs> <laughs> like that more people don't die, especially in the traffic. My bonus bazaar is actually on our way to go to Cusco in mm-hmm. the taxi. There's a cop standing in this mid- the middle of this like four or five lane road, very, very choked with traffic. No, this was in Lima. Yeah, that's what I mean. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Our, our way to get to the airport to go to Cusco. Yeah. Uh, we're taking a taxi and the taxi and the cops like waving people off. And I'm like, oh, there's like a there's a crossing here. It's a train track. I see. And the cop is like scolding people for not stopping. You know, he's he's like trying to make people make good decisions. And then our car, our taxi pulls onto the tracks and just stops there. And then we hear the bells of the train, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> and I was like, oh, holy crap, this is actually, this is like happening right now. This yeah. is a real thing. This yeah. isn't just like, oh, don't, you know, teach a lesson. Like this is move your car or you're going to die. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the train tracks. Spoiler alert, we made it off. <laughs> we made it off. But it was pretty bizarre that there is no like gate or any like warning lights to mm-hmm. prevent such a thing. And it's just done by hand. Like this one police officer that is possibly going to get distracted sometime and miss a car or like the traffic is so choked that there's no place for the car to go which almost happened to yeah. us so. we had to cut across three lanes of traffic to get to the far right and then he had to cut back across those three lanes of traffic to get us back to the airport pretty amazing <clears throat> so yeah that's my bonus bizarre <laughs> and it's it's definitely in agreement with i'm surprised more people don't die yeah <laughs> i have a bonus one too um, oh, yeah? that has nothing to do with uh logistics um, we visited that monastery, the San Francisco Monastery in mm-hmm. Lima, yep. which is really famous for having all these crypts uh, where they have artfully arranged human bones. Catacombs. I Catacombs. Think the difference Excuse being me. the bones are in open air. Yeah. Crypts are buried, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we didn't get a clear answer from our tour guide at all. But my choice for Bizarre is why they chose to arrange everyone's bodies yeah like that probably for tourism do you think i don't know but there it was it was arranged like a nightmare you know (laughs) (laughs) these are real skull and bones yeah and they they did like a big spiral pattern with the the skulls in the center and it's in the bottom of this circular well and you look down and it's just a nightmare like you just imagine falling into that pit it seems like really artful desecration but yeah. it's in a monastery, so it obviously has like some kind of significance. Anyway, I keep meaning to like look it up and try to figure out what the thinking was there. Yeah. Um, but uh, that was my choice for bizarre. Yeah. Well, that concludes this episode of Let's Not Panic. Our special Machu Picchu episode. Yeah, complete with guest bees. And then next week and thereafter, we're back on the road. We're... The nice thing about visiting Cusco and Machu Picchu is that we're not going to actually have to go that way with Shadow. Yeah. Logistics-wise, we have a very clear course to go through Nazca. See the Nazca lines? Ica. Uh, Ica also along the way. Uh, Arequipa, which is a beautiful colonial town. Um, Colca Canyon, which is close to Arequipa and is where you can see condors. You know condors are just huge buzzards right huge birds buzzards they, you heard what the incas said they they talk to the spirit world and if you capture them and eat their heart you become no a, a demigod no that they, they didn't say that last part well that, that's just a thing that you've decided because you want to <laughs> eat a condor it's a theory it's a theory i'm working on i just i can't imagine the way that you look at the world where like <laughs> everything is just like well what can i eat <laughs> 
I'm so yeah, we're reading up right now on condor traps and how to trap them and how to prepare their heart. I'm just imagining raw for maximum demigod. Okay. All right. Anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway. Don't worry, Adam's not gonna eat any condors. Maggie, let's not be too hasty. That's all <laughs> I'm gonna say. Um you can see our photos from Machu Picchu and the like on our Instagram at Let's Not Panic. Yes, highly recommended. Mm-hmm. In fact, we did a roundup, a New Year roundup. Well, we did that best nine thing. Yeah. So you can see our nine most popular photos. Which is kind of funny because some of them are videos and it's just like a freeze frame of <laughs> like <laughs> a customs checkpoint or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay. Um, that was an exciting one though. That's when it we got was. Shadow back. Yeah, that was. From Colombian Customs. Was good. After much ado. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. And you can also subscribe to us and review us on iTunes. Yeah. That's or Stitcher or Google Play or whatever. Oh, geez. You just did it again. You're Come on. You're being so player normative. You're being so operating system normative, Maggie. I really like my iPhone. Yeah. That's fine. That's <laughs> your choice. You anyway, know? you can subscribe and review us on all of those places. Yes. And we like it when you do that. It's true. I don't know if we've ever gotten a review on Stitcher, though, because... Or or on Google Play, because you're so mean to Google Plays, players, Google players, I think, is the preferred nomenclature. I tried to look at our podcast on Google Play and couldn't open it without making an account, and then I uh, exploded in a supernova of rage and was never seen or heard from again. So. Okay. so if you guys listen on Google Play, please email Maggie and just give her a hard time. <laughs> to let let her know that you're out there and that you matter. Because I'm I'm on your side, but we need to like sway the tide here. We need to teach her. <laughs> right. Anyway, we're done here. Um, <laughs> thanks for listening, guys. Thanks. This is what it sounds like where we are.